Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 207 with Rick Rushton. How are you, great man? I am very well, thank you, mate. And congratulations, 207, my God. I think they say if you've done more than seven podcasts, you're you're in the top 10%. So you guys are probably really? in the top 001%. Well done. Well, thanks, mate. And uh, we'll just talk a little bit off here. You've done 15-odd podcasts in the last month or two. So I'm looking forward to... You can give me a rating at the end. I'd always like that. So if it's close to my Uber rating, <laughs> I'd be happy. But if not, no drama. So, um, mate, obviously you are in demand. And one of the big things that you do is you're a fantastic storyteller which we'll get to but the way that you build connections um and listening and um really interacting with people is something that i'm really fascinated and also really enjoy so for my audience that have not had the pleasure of listening to you watching you being a part of the great journey you have created would you like to paint a picture for them and i know time is poor so um if just imagine that i'm a red person here and take it from 33 <laughs> words to three <laughs> sorry mate still in your tech talk but <laughs> how are you buddy i love it no it's great i mean look certainly like most people listening here i had the typical australian upbringing in the sense of i was uh, you know one of five children second youngest youngest for a long period of time and uh, grew up you know probably appreciating three things about school which was when you could play sport second time was when you could play sport third time was when you were probably prepared to play sport so I didn't do that well at school uh, I was in that sort of half that made the top half possible so uh, yeah in terms of primary school but when I hit high school Dale I came across great educators I think schools are full of teachers but I think true educators the ones who can engage their pupils and get them into this curiosity about could I be better uh, I was fortunate to find two of those at uh, at my school and then two in elite sports coaches who were the first great communicators I'd ever really been around, if the truth be known. And what they were able to say to me is, is that your results on the sports field that you measure and quantify and value so highly can also be used to measure your academia, which is not that great. So you don't think there's a scoreboard in your mathematics class, but I'm telling you there is. And you don't think there's a scoreboard in your English class, but I'm telling you there is. And so they were the first people, the old saying is when the student's ready, the teacher appears. I think for me, uh, primary school was a write-off for me, uh, but high school was uh, one of those real defining moments in my life. And it was because I was around great educators. So anyone who's listening to this, who's a teacher, never underestimate the value in what you've got. I think you should be paid the same as heart surgeons because if you can touch the heart of a pupil, you've probably changed their whole life forever. And, you know, I think the world is full of teachers but very few true educators. And if you are striving to be that, um, you will have value beyond counting because, you know, that's really what we need. And if we look at what we know about our world today, Dale, it's much easier to create strong, self-esteem, confident young children coming through the schooling system than it is to prepare and you know, prepare them for that as it is to repair, if you will, broken down adults that are, you know, subject to depression and, you know, challenged by, you know, I guess, if you will, you know, things like alcohol abuse and substance abuse and all those sorts of things. So I think, 
you know, uh, for me, it really started then. I fell into a real estate career, which really I didn't give it much more thought other than, you know, I don't think I'm going to be much in the game of life. I'll give real estate sales a go. Luckily, then I found an educator again in that role who told me that I don't think your results early days are as, as, as you know, promising as what your potential tells me it should be. So he set me on this sort of uh, inquisitive role of personal development and I've been on that role and that journey ever since, Dale, and I'll continue to do that for the rest of my life. So I was able to create a pretty good sales record early doors. I sold plenty. I sold heaps in my first six to 12 months. I sold my car. I sold some furniture. I was terrible at it, if the truth be known. <laughs> but... What, what, what I had to do was learn how to communicate and connect, not from, you know, my standpoint, which is pretty easy. You know, I, I, I like talking and, you know, I, I like the sound of my own voice and, you know, it's fairly true that I could talk a glass eye to sleep, there's no doubt about that. But what he was able to get me to do was to maybe get some learnings around really listening. And it was the first time I realised that the words listen and silence had the exact same letters. And so... I thought communicating and listening was waiting for my turn to talk again when I realised it was actually about tuning into the other person. And so, yeah, from there I was able to progress through a pretty okay real estate sales career, leadership position, ended up buying the company that I sort of started working for eight years after I started working there, ran a group, uh, was given a, a training role within a, a more national sort of uh, platform and that was great. And that led me to a whole heap of conferencing, speaking, and I could I could go on because it's a story that's probably more impressive for me than it is for you. But, you know, if I really wanted to hear it one more time again, I probably could do it with your listeners, but I won't. All I'll say to you is, is that if you could say, let's just plan this, this is the way your life's going to you know, turn out from going back to 1979 when I started high school. Uh, I would have said to you, I don't know what you're smoking, but it can't be legal. So all of these things, Dale, each connection one at a time has created rapport with people that's, well, we all know it's rapport that opens more doors. And from that, I've built a pretty good network of people. The old saying is that it is your network that determines your net worth. And so I just love my job. Every day I get to speak with like-minded people who say, as good as I'm doing, I know I could be doing better. If I'm growing, I'm happy. If I'm plateauing, I'm disappointed. What is it that I need to get to the next level? Uh, you know, am I happy with what I've got while I search for what I want? Can I work harder on myself than I do at my job? Those are all great questions that sometimes we just need to bounce off another person. And so the power of my work, I think, is the fact that, you know, I'm into the belief that there are no successful hermits. We need other people to get a little bit further in the game of life. And success with me is, I think, it's not a solo performance. So I need to connect with you, you need to connect with me, and we need to connect with our audience. And we need to say, uh, is it possible for us to be doing a little bit better? How could we do that? It's not the question. It's why would we want to do that? And if we know why we want to do it, we'll find uh, pretty much some compelling reasons to go and make sure that we actually make that happen. So in a nutshell, I found, fumbled my way through school, found some pretty good educators, found a great educator in the game of my profession. That then just opened up so many more doors for me. It's just not funny. And um, I've been a, a student of personal development. And I've got to tell you, I'm still excited. I'm looking for the next best idea that takes myself to the next level, takes my people with, you know, with, with me to the next level to a degree that sharpens my family and all those sorts of things. So being on a podcast like this today is kind of cool because I get to sort of share what I've learned and what I know. And if it's a way of sort of stimulating someone else to follow that same journey, great. If it helps someone get through their journey even better, and I think in this day and age right now, in this world of COVID-19, no matter where you are across the globe, it's affected us. 
And, you know, what we've got to understand is it's not the conditions of COVID-19, but it's our decisions that we've done around that that will determine where our life looks like, you know, three, five years from now. So that's pretty much my story in a, in a nutshell, my friend. And since then, I've been able to, you know, travel not to every country in the world, but 42 countries. I've got to share the message, um, you know, in, in rooms where there's been translators going at the same time as well. So you'd sort of get the punchline and you move on to the next sort of part in your talk and then the laughter start comes about 15 seconds later that was really interesting so um and and i've had a book that's been republished in different languages and it's audible and it's into its uh, third print run and you know so that's pretty cool and and i don't say any of that to impress you just to impress upon you that uh, again if someone said let's join the dots from 1979 to present day uh there's no way i don't think you could have actually ever convinced me that they, those dots were were gettable or doable so that's my story Love that, Rick. Now, one thing I've taken from that is, uh, I think, and, and for, for kids out there today that are missing out on sport and being part of a team and uh, the lessons you learn from, you know, that play and that social interaction, and that's where you form your strongest bonds. Um, I think they're really missing out and I think there might be an issue going forward. Um, that's a two part of this question. Relationships, how have they changed? Obviously, that played such a big role for you growing up with, you know, having great educators or role models. And it seems like you've always tried to find those people, you know, in your career, the further you go along, which I always recommend for people as well. But my part is here, how has relationships changed for you in 2020? Because as you said, you travel all around, you spe you speak on stages all over the world. Obviously you can't do that now and you can't do it face to face. So two parts, sorry, mate. Lack of sport and human connection, what issues is that going to have? And then secondly, how has it changed for you with relationships? Because at the end of the day, relationships are the number one asset I feel we can have. Yeah, look, great questions. I think the first part around sport is that we are designed to hunt, catch and kill our own food, but we haven't done it for millions of years because, you know, we've just got this you know, sort of brain that's continued to develop far greater than our physical acumen to a degree. But I think what sports does Sports gives you a chance to use your body in the way it was actually designed to be used. But secondly, and most importantly, I was never, I was okay at tennis, but I didn't like it. And I was okay at golf, but I didn't like it. And I realise why now. I'm not into individual sports. I'm into team sports. I, 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 it's in my DNA to connect with others. What I love about sports is for me to do well, Dale has to do well. And for all of us to do well, that's important. If I'm playing well and beating my man, but Dale isn't, uh, it's not enough for me to say, well, I'm beating my man. Dale should be beating his. It's his reason why we're not winning because if he doesn't beat his man, we all don't win. So I'm into none of us are as good as all of us. I've got that from sport. I think the physical benefits we know quite clearly, we know the physical benefits of kids doing sport, not just from a physical standpoint, but from what I call an emotional well-being standpoint. Now, I don't like the words mental health. I think it's got stigma attached to it. I mean, each day we're hearing the COVID death tally here in Down Under Australia, Victoria specifically, the state that we, you and I both live in, the city that we both love. And each day we hear our state leader get up and give a death count which just drives me to insanity to hear him say, my best wishes go out to those families. It's not their birthday, mate. This is their death day. It's and the you're first thing best, he says. Wishes. Sorry, Rick. It's the first thing he says. I, I know. Surely come in and start with a joke or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you think you'd, you'd start the same way every day? It's not working. Like, sorry to cut well, you off, mate. I, I think that's right. No, no. 
I, I think that's the that's the reason why there's a lot of disengagement in what he's saying at the moment. It's almost like it's like Groundhog Day every way and every day he starts off. So I think that's the first sort of message about sport. Sport is to me one of those things that gives you the physical benefit but the emotional well-being benefit as well and what we don't hear every day dale is the uh, number of people that have taken their lives in the previous 24 hours through suicide which we know far outstrips the COVID deaths in victoria melbourne australia we know that prior to COVID 19 and prior to lockdown eight australian families woke up every day without a father or a mother a brother or a sister a grandparent uh, because eight people had taken their lives the previous 24 hours by suicide. What we know now is, is that under the stress and strain of COVID-19, where people have lost their jobs by the millions, where people are locked down by the millions, where the terminology social distancing, imagine how that really applies to someone who's got some self-esteem issues and now we're being told to social distance as well. Does anyone doubt that those numbers have not doubled, if not quadrupled over that period of time? Well, we know the answer is yes, but it doesn't get the traction or the airtime because why? Uh, because apparently uh, we're not meant to highlight suicide. If eight people died on Victorian roads or the roads that you are listening to in this particular podcast, in your country, in your town, if you wake up today and found that eight people had died overnight on the roads, there'd be mayhem. There'd be people screaming, what's going on? Yet we just seem to say, well, it's okay if you know, so many people die of uh, suicide, but it's not okay if one person in their 100th year on planet Earth has died from COVID. So I guess that's the first message. I think physical activity gives you not just the physical benefit, but the emotional well-being benefit as well. And we're seeing it now with people who can't go to the gyms. I mean, if they can't go to a gym, that's their emotional release and they just they, they feel fairly challenged with that. So I think kids need to understand that screen fatigue I think one of the upswings out of this, mate, is that you know kids' sport will have, I think, a spike in participation numbers because I think people will be over Game Boys or you know, you know I'm showing my age there, aren't I? Playstations <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> Xboxes or any of that sort of stuff. I think what's going to happen is I think you're going to find an upswing and uptake in that particular scenario. How does connection change in 2020? Well, a lot more of it is virtual. But my job in this high tech world of staying connected is to stay high touch as well. So yes, we can be on this podcast today. It's very high tech, but nothing will sort of excite Dale more in the next seven days if he gets a handwritten note from me that comes a few days after saying, hey, mate, thanks for the opportunity to connect. Thanks for the opportunity to collaborate. Hopefully I added some value, but I thought you'd like to get something in the post today that wasn't a bill. Have a great day. Like that's still very high touch. So I still think there's room for both in this day and age. You know, I coach some pretty elite sports people. One is a Melbourne Cup winning jockey who has had his best year uh, professionally and economically uh, over the last sort of 12 months. And, you know, racing in, in, in Victoria, Australia has actually continued right throughout lockdown because of the protocols that have come into play. Uh, one of the things he did at the end of the season, uh, which he's just come out of, uh, is he took, a hand, he took a pen and some stationery and wrote handwritten notes to every trainer, every owner, every stakeholder who gave him an opportunity. And he said, you're right, I feel better just writing it. And I said, yeah, here's what I want you to do though. I want you to write a note to a trainer that you don't like. He probably didn't give you a ride. And just, and just say, it was, whilst I respect the decision and whilst I wasn't happy with it at the time, I respect you had the chance to make it. I, I, don't, think we've, I don't think we've actually uh, restricted each other from moving forward in the new season potentially. He wrote that to a trainer, Dale, who's come back and said, I've always thought you were a class act but I knew you were when you sent me a note knowing that I actually didn't put you on a horse that you really wanted to get on. Uh, next opportunity, it's yours. 
So I think we can be very Zoom orientated. We can be very electronic media orientated. So easy to fire off an SMS and so easy to fire off a, a you know an email or a Zoom meeting. But it's much harder to grab a pen and write a note. It's much harder to go through your contact list and go, oh, sidebottom, I haven't spoken to you. Hey, Dale, Rick, how you doing, buddy? Just checking in, not as a speaker, not as a coach, not as a salesperson, not as a teacher, not as an educator, just as a fellow Melbourneian in lockdown. How are you tracking? You know, <laughs> is there anything? And by helping you with that conversation, I'm helping myself by default. So we get through this by getting from this. So it's not just getting through. God willing, we'll all get through the other sides. What did we get from this? And I think what I've got from it is a deeper belief and fundamental around my philosophy about success is not a solo performance. We need other people to help us get where we need to get to. That starts by my ability to communicate and connect in a much smarter way. And so, yes, technology is keeping me connected to a degree, but, you know, for salespeople, it's all about market share and they're using technology to hopefully keep their market share somewhere in the positive, not the negative. But my view is if you're connected with more heart share, you get more market share by default. So market share comes from electronic media. Heart share comes from personalised connection. Handwritten note, phone call. You can't drop in at the moment unless it's, you know, before, uh, you know, 8 p.m. or after 5 a.m. in Melbourne lockdown conditions and then only five kilometres from where you are and if you accidentally just walk past somebody who's in their front garden at the same time. So high-tech, high-touch is the first answer there and the second part to that is the physical and emotional well-being of, of, of exercises. I think something that kids will crave out of this particular lockdown period. So I don't think they're going to need too much of a stimulus around that, mate. I think the previous sort of, you know, six weeks for us and, you know, the previous year really is probably determined that that to be the case. Mm. Yeah, and I agree. I think that, you know, when you look at everything, there will be huge upsides from what we've all gone through and things that we are missing at the moment. And, and I agree that human connection, socialising through sport and exercise is something people are going to crave because it's been physically taken away unless you're an elite jockey or playing AFL or soccer at the top level NRL. Um, one thing you just mentioned about a handwritten note, I absolutely love it because what I find when I write that is you get that hit of oxytocin, the love drug. And it's, it's not even, it's actually, I get more enjoyment out of thinking about that person, Rick, and writing the note down and sending it. I, I don't even want anything back. And it sounds silly. And if you've never done this, if you can take one thing away from Rick and myself today is get out a pen and paper and just write someone a note because all we get in the mail is bills and junk mail, don't we? That's it. Oh, I love it. I mean, you know, it's been part of my daily discipline for since 1997. And by the way, we were taught this as kids, weren't we? Someone did something nice for us. We, we sent them oh, a note yeah. and we yeah. stopped doing it. Yeah, we stopped doing it at a certain age and I don't know why, but, you know, I think yeah, all coaching is just reminding. It's just reminding us of things that served us well in the past that we stopped doing. And and so I've just found have that having that discipline of five a day, you know, five days a week, that's 25 a week, 100 a month. We only work 10 months in the year typically, so that's, you know, 1,000 a year. If you do that over a period of time, you know, I've, I've effectively been doing it religiously since 1997. And there's some days where you'd love to hear me say that I, you know, hit five more every time. There's some days where I don't, but then there are some days where I might write 15. And if I've been on a road show, I tend to write a lot very quickly and I do get a little bit of writer's cramp. But, you know, you're absolutely spot on, Dale. The absolute dopamine hit it gives me is is far greater than the dollar stamp or dollar 10 now in victoria <laughs> the, the stamp you know the, the cost of the card i mean i you know i i just go to a, a basic sort of store in our town when we're allowed to and i buy them by the bulk they're they're a dollar each the stamps a dollar 10 
the pen cost me God knows whatever for two for two dollars twenty something. Let's just call it that. Uh, you know, it's 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 roughly a ten to fifteen dollar investment every day. It's not a not a bad one to make because uh, and again, you just got to ask yourself the question: If I did five a day, five days a week for a year, would that return to me? Well, if you're doing it from an economic return and get a spreadsheet out, it might not inspire you. But I, I for me, giving starts the receiving process, so I give it without any expectation. And if it, if it delivers something, great. And if it doesn't, that's okay as well. But yeah, if you're doing it because of that, you're probably doing it from the wrong wrong place. So I'm doing it from a space of, you know, I just want to say, think that, and I think people for the most ridiculous of things. You know, I've sent I've sent letters to Qantas when I've walked away from a good flight, which is you know any flight you walk away from probably is a good flight. But you know <laughs> how quickly people will you know send um, you know social media. They'll go gangbusters on you know bloody Qantas, bloody Jetstar, bloody Virgin. Yet, yet, how many times have you actually walked away safe from a flight? When you think about it, you're 33,000 feet up in the air in a chair, in a chair. It's like the biggest roller coaster in the world. Uh, if you think back to our great grandparents, they could only dream of that option. And you want to bitch and moan about it because they didn't have the right meal for you? I mean, spare me. Um, so I think it's all about where your focus goes, energy flows. The focus for me about writing. Thank you notes gets my energy very, very high in the positive and it's impossible to wake up with five thank you notes written where you don't feel better for that experience. I defy anyone to say that they actually feel poorer for doing it because if they are, you know, don't wait for me or you, just go to a funeral home and wait. If you, if you can't see some joy in doing that, um, there's no help for you. This podcast ain't going to help you and, and I, I, I would hazard to guess Nothing in the game of life is going to help you. We are always uplifted when we help lift other people up. And it's so simple to do that with you know, a bit of a pen. And, but again, nothing absolutely ever takes the place of the human connection. Which, So we can't do it at the moment. So we just got to think of ways that we, where we can do it. You know, and I'm doing it with stupid ways at the moment. I see someone on social media post that, you know, we're welcoming our baby daughter or baby son into our world. I'm registering that baby's domain name and I'm sending it to the person saying, here's my gift to you. It's a, it's a, your child's domain name, uh, which, you know, they're born into a 2020 world where it's uh, unique in our lifespan. But what's unique in their lifespan is they'll never drive. They're going to be driving driverless cars because they're going to need their domain name to order it and receive it. Uh, they're going to need their domain name to get their effectively university degree resolved and they're going to need it to use just better your domain name is going to be almost like your digital fingerprint going forward so i've secured it for the next year dale it's up to you and your beautiful wife to do it each year after that and people just ring me and go how deep do you bloody think well, not, really, <laughs> not, not that hard it's a particular thing but it's a little thing that makes a big difference but it's all about that human connection so how's it changed in 2020 it's the principles are still the same, just the methodology and how we do, deliver it is different. And you know, so you just got to keep thinking you know, above and beyond what is the norm. We can't just wait for this six week lockdown to finish. And then, then it's not when, then, when this happens, then I'll do that. It's all about what am I doing now that when we get there, then I can stand on the shoulder of all this work that I've done back here. And effectively the connection, you know, will tend to thrive from there. So that's my kind of message where your focus goes, gang energy flows. So if your focus is on uplifting others, uh, your energy is uplifted in doing it. The return for me on that investment, I can give you economically if you want it, but that's not why I do it. I do it from the human interaction. And you and I are, are together really through, I had a, a coffee with a mutual friend. Uh, you know, I sent him a thank you note afterwards. He thought it was the most amazing thing that's ever happened in his world. But, you know, 
and again, I don't think I'm sharing too much out of school if I say this to you, the TEDx talk that you mentioned in uh, the introduction was created by that individual uh, who I could have easily said when the opportunity came to meet him up, I'm oh, sorry, I'm busy. Um, I'll let you know if my calendar opens up in the next little bit. So I, I tend to open my heart and my mind and my soul to everything and say yes to everything. Probably let my mouth break my back if the truth be known, but I'll say yes to everything and then find a way to make it all work. And if it doesn't work, you know, if I disappoint, you know, 20% of the people, uh, I know I've helped 80% go forward and I've helped myself in the meantime. So that's okay as well. But in simplistic terms, mate, I think, you know, helping others, uplifting others, serving others leads to results you could never have achieved on your own. Yeah, and so true. And, and and giving isn't something that you do to receive. You know, then there's a great book, uh, The Go Giver by Bob Berg called, and he says in it, 50-50 is a losing proposition. If you're doing something, Rick, and keeping score that next time I bought you dinner, then you need to buy me dinner. I know I used to do this. Said I wouldn't enjoy the dinner because I'm just thinking, Rick better get his wallet out soon because he's paying. I paid last time. And, and I think that's the beauty of a handwritten note that there's nothing involved in it besides just telling someone thank you, what they mean to you or anything like that. And I love that. So guys, I know I say this a lot, but if you are listening, get off this podcast now and write someone a note. It is so simple. And in, in 2020, it's something we need. So I've never heard of buying a domain. I think when I was born, I was given an MCC membership on the list. And, and for Melbourne <laughs> listeners, Rick, that is, that is gold now, even though you can't go to a game. Um, what, as you said, 2020 is different, mate. You're buying domain names for babies, which is, I think, is a great gift. But what have you learned about yourself this year? If you could pinpoint maybe one or two things that have, you know, changed in Rick Rushton and for the better because of things that you've experienced this year. Well, I think I'm more resilient. I think most of us are. I think we've got more gears than we know we have. We're a bit like 10-speed bikes, style. I think we use the two or three gears we've always used and it's got us to where we need to get to. So we don't think about doing it much, much more than that. I think I found multiple gears that I didn't realise I had. I probably found that uh, I'm more passionate about what I do now than I was when things were pretty hectic in the sense of what I mean by pretty hectic is, you know, uh, you sh show me anyone who's really successful and they've probably got a pretty full calendar. And a lot of my calendar was spent in commute, you know, on journey to an airport, on journey to a hotel, on journey to a platform or a room. Uh, on journey two, where I've actually just enjoyed being in the present thinking, okay, here's the, you know, we're, we're in this storm called COVID-19. We're all in the same storm, but we're just in different boats. And so my boat is a, a boat that looks for the harbour of opportunity, the harbour of solution, the harbour of, you know, checking in with people. I'm not, I'm not looking for the harbour of more despair, more negativity, more discomfort. And it's all about the set of the sale. So my mentor, the late, great Jim Rohn, used to talk about this probably better than most. He said, your personal philosophy is like the set of a sale. The winds of negativity blow on everybody. It's what we do with those winds that determine where we end up. So as my life changed this year, clearly I've had to get far more resilient uh, with what's not, you know, and, and sharpen my focus, not, on, not the events I've lost and the platforms I didn't get to speak on. And, you know, in without being silly about it, in, in May, I was about to speak at the largest event I ever would have spoken uh, at 10,000 people. Not, not just me, I was one of many speakers that was going to be there, but it was an event I'd it had been in my calendar for close to nine months. It was something I was really, really looking forward to. If I spent too much time focusing in on that one, Dale, 
it really wouldn't get me out of bed in the morning. I can tell you, I'd be sitting there still in the fetal position because it was going to be one of those events that could be a real, you know, uh, I guess flag in the mountain of, of your career to a degree. But what I have spent a lot of time on is just waking up with that, you know, what am I grateful for? F-O-U-R, not F-O-R. What am I grateful for? Just four things I'm grateful for. So because it's shifted my focus away from what I don't have to what I do have, a funny thing happens. I'm grateful for these things that I have. Number one, I've woken up to the love of a great woman, the same woman since 1983. Now, you know, if you saw her, you'd know why. It's not that hard. All of my friends, you know, when they meet her, it, early days and still to this day. So the more I think of you and, and know of Ricky could have done so much better. So that's a, that's the first point. But I'm also, and I am also aware that, you know, if she leaves me, uh, and I've told her this, if she leaves me, I'm going with her. So that's all cool. But I'm very thankful for that. So I'm thankful for the love of a good woman. I'm thankful for the fact I've got three children, all healthy, fairly safe in what they're doing. Um, you know, they're thriving in their own way, whether that be professionally, personally, or in the game of life. So that's pretty cool. I'm thankful for the work I get to do, which is effectively work like this, which is just sharing time-tested principles that are so timely for today. I'm trying to plant shade trees I know I'll never sit under, uh, but that's really cool because I, you know, I enjoy that sort of sharing of knowledge and it was shared with me and I'm where I am today because people saw more in me and for me than I could have seen or, or for myself. So that's pretty cool. And then, you know, the last thing I'm absolutely you know, thankful for to, to, to a degree, as corny as this is, is I'm very thankful for waking up in Australia today because as challenging as it is for us, there's not many better places to wake up to in the game of life than in, in the great land down under, in my humble. Now, I've travelled a lot, seen a lot, both, you know, in the developed world and in, you know, some of the, the most challenging parts of the world. But as best I can tell, even though we are sort of, you know, locked down at home, we're not really stuck at home. We're, we're, we've got some pretty good conveniences that most of the world would almost laugh that we're complaining about it. Um, so I'm just really grateful for what I've got. So because I'm changing my philosophy around what I have as opposed to what I don't have, I'm happy with what I've got. doesn't mean I'm not pursuing things either, mate, on the other side of this, don't get me wrong. We're planning one of the best events I've ever been involved in in my life with you know, um, three other like-minded friends and we think there's going to be this slingshot out of this thing where people are going to want the human connection and, and the interaction. So we're, we're working on that event and the speakers and it's, it's looking pretty cool. But, you know, I'm just thankful for, you know, what I have while I pursue what I, what I want. And that's really just something that's really been refined. Probably didn't change too much, but it's been refined by the conditions of COVID-19. But in simple answer, I think I've developed more resilience than even I thought I had to a degree. And I think I'm using more gears in my bike than I ever thought I had. But the good news is I'm still staying upright. I'm still balanced. And I'm still moving forward. So I might not win the Tour de France, but I've still got <laughs> forward momentum. And that's probably the main thing. And if I did win it, I'd, I'd, I'd pass a drug test. I think that's the most important thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the important thing, mate, because uh, obviously previous uh, few decades have been a bit sceptical there. So I think a couple of things I've really taken away from that is it's very easy to think about what we've lost. And we've all lost through this, but well, we still have so much, like you said, and it's a simple mindset shift. And I think if you can do that every morning when you wake up, Rick, and before you go to bed, it's amazing what happens when you wake up positive and go to sleep positive. And if you do that for a week straight, start sending a letter each day. I tell you what, 
if you are struggling at the moment, you will probably come out of this next three weeks. If you're in Melbourne or wherever you are around the world in probably a better headspace than what you were. And it is so simple. It might cost you $10 in postage, but that is it. So Rick, people are listening. They're like, I need more of this. Ricky is amazing. The way he speaks. Um, it's been one of the easiest interviews I've ever done because you have just controlled this like you're in the Peloton at the front. What, where can we get your book, mate? The Power of Connection. Where can we get this? I know you said it's everywhere, but where's the best spot? Well, it's probably in all good bookstores uh, book and crap ones by now, I suspect. But, um, yeah, because, because we can't get out there and we can't sort of buy it, the easiest way to get it effectively, and especially in the Audible world, is Amazon, obviously, uh, in terms of audible.com or audible.com.au it's called the power of connection if you just search that with my particular name it gets to it pretty easily uh if you come through my website which is just my name at myname.com so that's my email but rickrushton.com r-i-k-r-u-s-h-t-o-n you can get it there all the links are there from that particular standpoint but that's not really the reason for exchanging this today mate i'm, I'm very happy to have a discussion because believe it or not you know this 40 minutes is time that's well invested for me because I feel good about the exchange and those sorts of things. But the book was written at a time when I fulfilled a promise to a mentor, the late great Jim Rohn. And, um, and you know, I get to, got, got a chance to thank a lot of people who affected me in a real positive way. Many of the stories we talked about today in relation to school teachers, I got to acknowledge them in the, in, in the book as well. It was a really cool situation, but What's really exciting, Dale, is I'm getting feedback, um, you know, and not, not so much now, it's been out for a few years, but in the early days, there were people telling me that it was helping them, you know, in North America, in Canada, in, I got one from Belarus, which was really kind of cool. So what it seemingly is providing people with is no matter where they are, no matter what their grade in life, no matter what their stage in life, they can take the simplistic learnings from the book and just apply it in their communication, not just with their workmates and not just at their home space, but in their own headspace, their own self-talk as well. Because let's we, we know that communication is an inside-out thing and it starts, stops and ends with that. So The Power of Connection is a book I'm incredibly proud of, not for the sake of uh, that it was a bestseller and not for the sake that my publisher uh, has hammered me to get more out there, but it's really more from the fact that I get feedback from people that say it's actually made me a better person, made me a better parent, maybe a better sibling, maybe a better educator, coach or what have you. So I try and share as many personal stories. It's very raw and fairly real in many respects. I mean, the, the first story I talk about is when my now wife, but then, you know, girlfriend had our first spirited debate and talked about what I learned around that. And thankfully, we did resolve that then because here we are all these years later, um, you know, enjoying, I couldn't imagine my life without her. And, and it's all because we learned to communicate, understanding each other's rules. So it's a good book from that standpoint, from a personal application. I, I didn't write it for any other reason, but the personal application, but I am getting feedback, Dale, that there's professional applications, which is really cool. So it's going to cost you some money. I think if you're listening to this in the US, it's with the Australian dollar to the US dollar at the moment, it's probably going to cost you 10 bucks, maybe, I don't know. Uh, Audible, you can get it, uh, I think, for around, um, I think it's around about 15 bucks, I don't know. But if you come through our website, I'll definitely sign it and dedicate it to you. That seems to have some traction for some people, that's all fine. Um, but, you know, effectively, mate, uh, that wasn't the reason for doing the talk. But uh, if you just Google my name in the book, you'll be able to get uh, get away to get it, that's for sure. 
Perfect. Well, Rick, this is episode number 207. And guys listening, if you go to the show notes, uh, I'll have a link for the website, the book. Uh, also, Rick's TED Talk, which is, I think, a, a really powerful talk just to listen to. Um, and I love the way you use story to bring across a message. I think the power of storytelling, Rick, is the ultimate. And you, my friend, are very good at it. And I know people listening today are evident of that. So, um, Jonathan Creek, thank you very much. You said that Rick would be a fantastic guest. And I'll tell you what, he's delivered big time. So, Rick, I know how busy you are mate staring at a screen so many interviews i hope my rating is as good as my uber rating and mate thank you so much for being on the show today my absolute pleasure here's to everyone's continued success stay safe stay healthy mates of all though mate stay connected